Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the National Podcast Association. Today's Autistic Moment is always a free-to-listen-to podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, helps us learn about our barriers, to discover the strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self-advocacy. This first segment of Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. For over 50 years, The Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at AUSM.org. Please go to the new podcast episodes page of todaysautisticmoment.com where you will find the shows and download the program scripts with all of the hyperlinks I mention on each show and the interview transcripts, including the transcripts for this episode. Interview transcripts for 2022 are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. If you want to listen to any previously published shows and see the program scripts and interview transcripts, go to the episode index page. Also, be sure to follow today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Please join today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook where you can talk with me and other listeners. If you are a newly diagnosed autistic person or you think you might be autistic, check out the updated Adult Autism Resources links page at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash adult links forward slash. The first link there is Autism 101 Resources for Newly Diagnosed Autistic People and Those Who Think They Might Be. Jeff, the owner of Autism 101, has created the website with his own blog along with information including a list of good books to read. Just below the link for Autism 101, you will find a glossary of terms PDF document designed by the Autism Society of Minnesota. There are links mentioned by many of the guests on today's Autistic Moment. You will also find links to my sponsors and one new link at the very bottom called Caring for Seniors with Autism. I want to emphasize that the Adult Autism Resources links page is exclusively for autistic adults. I get many requests in my emails by organizations to include links that are focused on autistic children and other disabilities. Resource information for and about autistic children can be found everywhere. I have done a lot of Google searches to find things related to autistic adults and just about all of them give me a list of sites about autistic children with almost no links for autistic adults. The Adult Autism Resources Links page is therefore exclusively for autistic adults. Therefore, links 
exclusively about or for autistic children cannot be accepted. Additionally, I will accept link recommendations that encourage and support autistic adults to live with dignity and pride in who we are by not supporting functioning labels and or destructive therapies. Before sending me an email to request a resource link be included, please read and review my do's and don'ts page that you will find at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash podcast hyphen episodes forward slash do's don'ts forward slash. The next Autistic Voices Roundtable discussion will be on Wednesday, July 20th at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. The topic will be discussed, The Dangers of Medical Nests. I will be joined by several autistic individuals to talk about why myths such as vaccine cause autism and pregnant women who take Tylenol risk giving birth to autistic children and or ADHD children are so detrimental to autistic people. The roundtable discussion will be live streamed on Facebook. You can also access the meeting through the link that will be provided on July 20th at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash autistic voices forward slash. This live virtual roundtable discussion is sponsored by Looking Forward Life Coaching, Minnesota Independence College and Community, and Task Thoughts LLC. The Autistic Voices Roundtable discussions are crucial because, as the title implies, the voices of autistic individuals are central to the conversations. One of the reasons we have as many challenges in society as we do is because the voices that matter most are not heard or acknowledged. Autistic Voices Roundtable discussions are working on one way we can change that. All of the Autistic Voices Roundtable discussions are recorded and made available on YouTube and todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash autistic voices forward slash. One of the most common parts of being autistic is sensory processing disorders. The importance of understanding sensory processing disorders for autistic adults cannot be overstated. Most of the communication barriers that many autistic adults experience is explaining to those who are not autistic the impact a sensory processing imbalance can have on our lives. The effects of sensory processing can occur with things such as a change in the temperature, lights that are too bright or not bright enough, music and or other sounds that are too loud or not loud enough. Clothing textures can impact the kind of day an autistic person can have. Using myself for an example, all of my clothes are made of a soft cotton with a little polyester. I cannot wear flannel or coarsely woolen made sweaters or denim jeans. Whatever an autistic person's sensory processing involves, 
many of us get to those points at which we are overloaded and melt down. Sensory overload can be compared to what happens when you overload an electrical circuit. It shuts down and can do nothing more. Sometimes it even explodes and causes significant injury. When many autistics experience sensory overload or meltdown, it can be very painful. Yet, many of the things that contribute to sensory overload or meltdown are out of our control. It is essential that autistic adults develop for ourselves a toolbox of self-care options for the inevitable possibility of sensory overload or meltdown. Sensory processing and self-care are a specialty focus for my guest, Zephyr James. Zephyr James is the Community Engagement Manager at the Autism Society of Minnesota. Zephyr works on marketing for Awesome and communications for many of the events they offer. I have attended many of Zephyr's breakout sessions where they have talked about how they manage their executive functioning challenges and their sensory processing disorder. Zephyr's expertise comes from their own self-knowledge of their own brand, make, and model of autism and is therefore a tremendous communicator to help other autistics find their strengths to take care of themselves. After this first commercial break, Zephyr and I are going to share our conversation about self-care during sensory overload or meltdown with you. Please stay tuned. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on Anchor FM, Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA choice, homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services. Life managing you, or are you managing your life? Do you want to find more peace in your life? For many of our clients, self-care is a key to success. Skill building and feedback is essential for self-care. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps provide structure through our person-centered approach that has demonstrated growth for many of our clients. 
If you or a loved one needs help with structure and strategies around self-care, please visit us at www.lookingforwardlc.org, email us at info at lookingforwardlc.org, or call us at 612-504-7414. Self-care and resiliency can help you weather the storms of life. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones toward success. Welcome back. And now please join me in welcoming Zephyr James. Zephyr, I want to welcome you back to today's Autistic Moment. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Well, we are going through our Summer of Self-Care series. Um, Self-care is one of those things that autistics must do to be effective self-advocates. I believe that anyway. And so um, um, we just, I just had a, a show with um, show with Becca, Lori Hector, about uh, self-care during seasonal depression. And during that particular conversation, we talked a lot about how sensory processing has a lot to do with seasonal depression. <laughs> so, and you have given some really great um, you know, uh, presentations of your own about how you do a lot of self-care for your sensory needs. So um, I thought it would be a good idea for us to have you come back and talk about self-care during seasonal, during self-care during sensory overload or meltdown, which goes along with, for many, with seasonal depression. Uh, So um, let's begin, as I always begin, uh, what important information do autistic adults and our supporters need uh, to help us to take care of ourselves during sensory overload or meltdown? Yeah, Um, so I'm super excited to talk about this topic. I think um, the intersection of self-care and sensory needs is really deep for autistics. And so I'm really glad we're focusing on that piece of it. Um, the first thing that I think is important to know when we're thinking about a sensory overload or a sensory meltdown and how do you deal with that in the moment, um, is some advice that I got from, um, a teacher of mine. Uh, I, I take aerial silks sort of like, uh, Cirque du Soleil. Um, and one of my teachers, when asked what's the best way to recover from an injury, uh, often says, well, don't get injured in the first place, which is a little bit, um, irritating in the moment, but it is actually quite true. And I think that applies to overload and meltdown as well, which is that the first and most important thing you can do is to be proactive 
notice when you are heading towards those feelings and try and stop them before you can hit that meltdown overload space. And I think we've talked about that some before about the different ways that you can incorporate self-care into your life regularly and what you can do to meet your sensory needs on a regular basis, all of those types of things. So, you know, I would recommend having a plan around your self-care and your sensory needs instead of just kind of hoping that it happens um, so that you are getting the things that you need on a regular basis and helping to build up your tolerance so that when there are challenging situations, it's less likely to affect you as much as it would if you weren't getting all of your needs met on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. So sort of my big caveat is as much as possible, hopefully you don't need to be using the skills that are these in the moment meltdown overwhelm skills. Um, but best laid plans go awry. Um, sometimes things happen that we don't expect. Sometimes we are just having an off day, um, and we are going to fall into sensory overload, sensory meltdown, that type of thing. So I would say that the, the best strategies that I use are to one, figure out what's most likely to send me into overload. And two, figure out what senses are the most calming for me. Um, and that way I have a better way of expecting when I'm about to go into overload. So if I know, for example, um, that I get overheated really quickly and I really hate the feeling of sweating, summer's gonna be a challenging time for me. So I know that when I'm gonna be out in the sun all day, I am likely to be hitting those limits much faster. Um, and I can be a little bit more prepared. I can bring things like a fan. I can bring lots of water with me. I can tell the people around me that, hey, this might be a more difficult day for me because I know I'm gonna get overheated and really exhausted. I might not plan as much on a day in the summer than I would if it was a little bit cooler out so that I try not to get myself to that point of meltdown. On the other hand, thinking about what calms me down once I do go into that meltdown state, I know that um, for me, being able to chew on things is very helpful in terms of sensory calming. I know that a really hard workout helps me to calm down as well. So if I am really just overloaded and overwhelmed, sometimes moving my body in a very intense way can be very helpful for me. Um, and I know that sometimes finding, um, an item of food that is a very strong flavor that I really like can help to focus me and bring me back to the present. So knowing in advance that those are things that help me allows me to have those available um, and make sure that they're ready in case I have a meltdown, allows me to communicate that to the people around me so that they know, hey, if I'm going into sensory meltdown, here are some things you can suggest or provide to me. Um, and that helps me because I might write it down so that when I'm in that moment, I don't have to run through all of the possibilities and say, what's going to help me? I don't know. What should I be doing? I've done that work in advance. Um, yeah. And also those are, those are going to be different for everyone, right? So the examples right. that I gave were just for me, yours might be completely different. And so taking the time to notice which sensory inputs bring your emotions down a little bit versus which bring them up. Sometimes you want one, sometimes you want the other, but when you're in that overload state, the calming ones are probably going to be what you want to go for. Right. One of the things that, um, that Becca, Lori, Hector, and I talked about with seasonal depression is that there are so many things that are happening during, during the summer months, a lot of the holidays and a lot of um, other times of the year 
is there so much sensory sensory input that is out of our control you know i happen to absolutely hate the sound of lawnmower motors you know and every week once a week they're outside my window you know mowing lawns and i know that's going to happen and i know it's going to drive me crazy uh you know and then um we have those seasons when the sensory inputs are more than we can we can take um you know um you know one of the reasons that i'm doing this these two shows during July is because, as I explained uh, in my last show, for some of us autistics, our seasonal depression is worse in the summer and better in the winter. Others, it's just the opposite. And one of the things that we talked about with Becca is that sometimes as you master your sensory in one season, it can be somewhat unsettling in another. So it's almost like they, 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 you know, and I like to talk about sensory processing, self-care as a need to work on, on a balance, because this is just my own experience. When one of my sensory, my sensory needs goes off, it doesn't take much to upset the rest of them. It's almost like they're, they're on their own, you know, they're on their own a little bit. So that's why we want to talk about this, this self-care. Um, but there's that moment where <laughs> you can't take any more, nor can you control how much you can take. You may or may not. And, and we also know that experience you're at sensory overload. You're just there. There's nothing that's going to stop it, you know, no matter, because you're just, you're, you're just not rational enough to do something to stop it. Let's talk about what we do in a moment like that. How, what do we do to care for ourselves in that moment? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's going to vary a little bit depending on the situation. Um, absolutely. Whenever possible, I try and remove myself from the situation that is causing that sensory overload. Now, that's not always possible, but if, for example, you are somewhere that's very loud, you're out at a park and there's a lot of people and it's hot and it's busy um, and you hit that moment of sensory overload, if you can go home and get yourself away from some of those sensory inputs, that's going to be one of the best things you can do to um, make it easier to calm down from that moment. Obviously, that's not always possible. Sometimes you might have to use tools or items that can help you to reduce the sensory input. So if you're at home, you have that lawnmower noise that's happening, it's driving you crazy. If you have a pair of noise canceling headphones that you can pop on that can block out some of that noise um, and give you a little bit of relief, that's one option. So if you are in a space where you can be thinking in this strategic way and um, figure out a way to get rid of some of the sensory input that is overloading you, that is a great first step. If you are not in that kind of place and there is somebody around who can support you, trying to let them know too much noise, too hot, uh, this taste is not okay for me. Whatever it is that is causing you distress and there's a person that you trust and who can support you in that moment, if you can communicate to them, they might be able to then problem solve for you. They might be able to then run and grab your noise canceling headphones or say, okay, we're gonna head out now, let's, let's get in the car and leave. Or, oh, don't worry, I have a fan and I'll set that up for you. So- 
whenever possible, asking for support in that moment. And again, that's one of those places where prepping in advance can be really helpful if you let your support people know, like, here's what sensory meltdown might look like for me. Here are the things that tend to be helpful for me. Then when you're in that moment, they're going to be a better support person for you. Um, The final thing I would say is if you are feeling overwhelmed from too many inputs, sometimes getting a different kind of input can help to settle you a little bit. So if you feel like everything is too loud, maybe you need some pressure. Maybe you need um, the feeling of a temperature change. Uh, Maybe um, looking at something calming will help to distract you. Um, There's only so many inputs we can pay attention to at once. And so sometimes if you can take one that feels good and pleasurable to you, you like getting more input, that can help to, to calm you down when uh, an unpleasant one is very overwhelming. So yeah. I often will try and add in inputs that feel very good to me when I'm having a hard time with the, with the inputs that are happening around me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we, we've just, for the show, we, we've, we've passed the 4th of July, which for many of us is just, no, can, can cannot do, you know, and that's, that's, you know, where my recommendation is if you've got headphones and if you're a place where you can do it, you know, put your headphones on, maybe turn up your music. So that mm-hmm. distracts you, um, you know, but, um, you know, I, I think it's important to, um, to communicate that there are times when you can do as much as you can possibly do to have your plan in place. You can have all of your tools nearby. You can do all these things. And sometimes sensory overload or meltdown, it's just going to happen. And I do feel like perhaps there's, there's a number of, number of us who may do a lot of self-blaming for that. And I think that can be, that can be one of those barriers to taking care of sensory overload and meltdown. It is not your fault. It just Absolutely. is not your fault. And I think we need to communicate that to our audience. So please do. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. The world is not in your control, right? And as many things as you might do to try and take care of yourself, sometimes the world has other plans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and sometimes your body has other plans and it's going to respond. Um, right. And it, I, I feel uh, really unhelpful saying that sometimes the only thing you can do is ride it out. You can do yeah. your best to try and uh, make it better. You can try and get yourself to a different situation. You can use all of these tools and you're still going to have this feeling of overwhelm and you just have to wait it out until it calms down. Um, right. And that's really unpleasant. I, I don't want to downplay how hard that is to have yes. that sort of tolerance where you can say, I know that this is awful right now and I will get through it and it will stop feeling this awful at some point. Um, and I'll be okay. Uh, because sensory overload is, is it can be painful. Um, and so if that is the situation that you're in, if you have reached that point of just absolute shutdown where nothing is working whatsoever, um, I think a really important thing to pay attention to is aftercare. Um, because like you said, oftentimes you'll feel guilt, you'll self-blame, um, you know, it can feel like, oh, why was I reacting that much to this thing? Why didn't I plan better? All of those sorts of things. 
um, but you just went through a really difficult experience. Right. And if you couldn't make it better for yourself, it's very important that you take time to be gentle with yourself afterwards, to give yourself time to rest and recuperate, to mm -hmm. do things that feel good and calm and comforting to you. And that also then gives you space to say, this is fine. It is. It has not hurt anyone that I had this meltdown. It is okay that sometimes I can't be perfect. And what I need in this moment, what is important right now is for me to take care of myself. Yeah. So if you do yeah. have to go through one of those really, really tough meltdowns, definitely focus on the self-care you can do afterwards. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. those strategies apply. After this next commercial break, Zephyr and I will talk about how the diversity of autistic adults is as diverse as how we experience sensory overload or meltdown. And then we'll talk about some ways that we can self-advocate by simply having those conversations both with ourselves and others around us. Please stay tuned. Self-direction has many different names. Self-determination, consumer direction, and even PDO. But they all mean the same thing. You are in control of your long-term care. With self-direction, choose what's best for you. Hire the people that you trust. In some states, they can even be your family. Manage your long-term care expenses. Self-direction offers the same or lower cost than other options. Control your care and choose the support that is most important to you. You deserve to be supported in your home and community, surrounded by friends and activities you love. With self-direction, you can live life on your own terms, regardless of age or ability. Take control of your care. Visit gtindependence.com. The most important work that people do is take care of each other and the people who provide your care should have the best support. Life Superior is here to help you and your caretakers. This family-owned business is one of Minnesota's fastest-growing personal care providers because of the support they provide for, for their clients and coworkers. If you need a PCA agency that combines compassion and professionalism, or if you care for someone today and would like to learn how to get paid for this work, Please call us at 612-824-4348 or visit us at lifesuperior.com forward slash autism. The list of new shows for the fall with topics, guests, and descriptions are available at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash podcast hyphen episodes forward slash podcast hyphen episodes. Some of the topics will be autistics collaborating with autistics, online dating, October will be focused on autistics and ADHD, autistic parents, 
Autistic adults are adults, not children. Managing holiday stress and communicating with autistics. I am in the process of planning for season three in 2023 with a focus on the strengths and achievements of autistic adults, highlighting all that we can accomplish. Today's autistic moment is successful because of the sponsors and those who donate to my Patreon page. Your financial support for this podcast enables me to reach out to other autistic adults and our caregivers on and off the show to network and collaborate. Please go to todaysautisticmoment.com and click on the blue button to support the work of Today's Autistic Moment. Please share the podcast shows through your social media networks and help spread the word about what Today's Autistic Moment is doing for autistic adults and our caregivers. Thank you for supporting the work of Today's Autistic Moment. Yes, and that's exactly why we're having this conversation about self-care, because it's at that moment of meltdown when so many things have just crashed. Uh, you know, I, I think it's fair to call it, to say it's very similar to a computer crashing. Mm-hmm. It's frozen. It, it it's frozen in space. There's nothing you can do but to shut it down and restart or do some things that, you know, help you put it all back together. Sometimes. Um, Part of self-care during sensory overload or meltdown uh, is simply pull the plug, <laughs> pull the plug, just just pull it, you know. And, and and sometimes you have to be very forceful, and you have to tell somebody you you might be with, I'm having a meltdown. Leave me alone, you know that sort of thing, um, you know. Because there's a lot of things that. You know, sensory overload doesn't make sense. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. I tell, I tell, I tell my husband all the time. If I'm having having sensory overload, please don't rationalize because nothing you rationalize is really going to work right now. It's just not going to happen. And for for some people, that's just the case. I mean, um, when that overload meltdown comes, it's there. And and you know, um, and let's just say that that. Um, You know, one of those barriers can really be is that at shutdown because of meltdown and or overload, sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. <laughs> if I mean, sometimes you just, you do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, you it, it goes back to, you know, that, that spoon theory that we talk about. When the spoons are out, you have to rest. You have to rest. You have to give yourself permission to rest. And apologize to no one for doing that, you know, yeah. not even yourself. There's a couple of really important things I want to kind of highlight in what you just said. Um, one of them is 
you mentioned that with your husband, you let him know, you know, don't try and rationalize with me when I'm in this space, just, you know, leave me alone. Um, so that's one thing that you might want to think about in advance. Does it help you to have people talk to you when you're in overload or do you want them to leave you alone? Because for me, if I'm left completely alone, I continue to flounder. So it's helpful for me to have somebody talking quietly in a calming fashion, mm. kind of drawing me back into my body. But I know for many people, that's the worst possible thing. And they want everyone to shut up. So that's one really important piece where you can figure out which of these is going to be more helpful to you. Right. Another piece is, like you said, logicking your way out of it isn't going to happen. The response that we're having is in our bodies. We are physically feeling things. And so to feel better, we need to use our bodies and our feelings to get better. So telling someone, well, it's not that loud, or, oh, you can just uh, try a bite of this or whatever it might be. Well, that's actually not how they're experiencing it. That's actually not true. No, and that kind of, yeah, and that sort of thing of what you were talking about, it, it, it's, I'm going to, you know, it needs to be said, that's actually gaslighting something. Yeah. You know, and so no, that is not. Those are not good things to say during an over. Oh, yeah, go ahead. It's it's incredibly invalidating. Um, yeah. And instead, focusing on, I'm here with you. Let's uh, notice what's happening in our body and what we can do to make our body feel better. Let's try moving or changing something. Let's focus on a different sensation. Those types of very in the moment embodied strategies are going to be a lot better than something like, let's talk our way through this on a rational basis. And if your support person is one of those very rational problem solving people, then great. Tell them to fix the situation around you. Like, sweet, make it less hot, make it less loud, figure it out, but don't bother me with your logic. Uh, right. And if they can go and be that protective barrier for you, then great. That's a great place to send them with their energy of problem solving. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're at our third question, which is um, um, what are some steps that autistic adults and our caregivers need to take um, to advocate for our deeds? And you heard, you may have heard me say, that I feel that one of the great strengths that autistics have is that we have those tools and strengths already there. They're, they're already there. It's just a matter of discovering them and putting them to our best uses. Let's talk about what some of those, let's give, the, give, give our audience some, some good, uh, talk, good talk about what can be our strengths and tools during sensory overload that can help us advocate for ourselves. Yeah. So I think actually our sensory profiles can be one of our strongest assets when we are experiencing sensory distress because we also have the superpowers of stimming and of sensory delight and intense sensory experiences that are positive, right? So if you were a neurotypical and you don't experience things in an intense way, and something feels really, really awful, you don't have an equal positive option that you can move to. But as autistics, we do. We have the option to say, I'm gonna go do the sensory thing that feels amazing to me. So one of the tools that I would recommend there is having potentially a literal physical toolkit of your sensory items, of the things that make you feel good, fidgets, um, music, uh, 
an ice pack, if that feels really nice to you, deep pressure, whatever it is, but having that with you, whether there's a small one that you keep in your car or in your purse or sort of a bigger one that you have at home, that's your go-to spot. If you're going to, if you're saying I need some positive sensory input right now, so that you have those items right at hand and you can just grab one and do what you need to do. Right. Yeah. And so, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And well, no, what I was going to let me, what I was going to say is that um, a couple of months ago, we were having a, quite the tragedy because our cat was sick and we had to take him to the vet and it was just not a nice day. <laughs> and so my sensory was really, really at a shaking point. And so we were actually in the vet's office and they had taken our cat in the back to, to deal with his issues. And I, and, and one of the things that I started to do, this is an, this is a great example of stimming actually, is I was having trouble finding something that was going to help start relieve me and i just happened to notice this little scratch on the on the on the metal table and i just was taking my finger and following that 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 thing just for a little bit and i couldn't help notice that the more i do this the the more i'm calming down mm -hmm. you know sometimes sometimes just a little thing like that is just enough to start working you backwards because yeah because we find so, something so fascinating about something as small as a little scratch on a metal table. So go ahead. No, I, I think that's a huge uh, part of autistic strengths as well, because I think that plays to our hyper-focus. Um, right. You know, if, if you have the ability to really zone in on something and you can find one thing that feels really good or calming in the moment, man, you use that hyper-focus and you can drown out a lot of other stuff by paying attention to the one thing that feels really, really nice and just living in that space for a little bit. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I think another um, strength that we can use to advocate for ourselves is that we often are very straightforward communicators. We generally will say what we mean. And I think that communication is an essential part of managing our sensory needs because nobody has the same sensory experiences. Um, Nobody else can know what it's like to live in your body unless you tell them. And so being really straightforward with the people around you, like, hey, this doesn't feel good to me. I need this kind of support. I am going to do X, Y, and Z in order to take care of myself. And that is for my sensory needs. That goes a long way. Um, if you are out and about and you are using sensory techniques to calm yourself down, Sometimes neurotypicals can get confused or, uh, you know, find it odd or off-putting. And if you just say, hey, this helps me to calm down and I'm doing it because it's too loud out here and, the, and, I, and I don't like that, um, you'd be surprised at how often people will be like, oh, well, that makes sense. Um, the more we can be proactive in letting people know what we're doing and why, uh, the more likely it is that they're just going to be supportive of that or provide us with what we need, especially if you're going somewhere um, like a business or um, somewhere like the zoo or out in a community space and you need some kind of support, that really straightforward communication, being able to ask for what you need, being able to say straightforwardly, I, mm, what is an example of one of these? If you're at the Guthrie and you say, I need to have um, my headphones on during the performance. Is that okay? They're most likely going to say yes, but you just have to let them know in advance. They're going to help Correct. you out. Yeah. Support. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and also, I mean, this is a great, uh, great way too to do some um, advocacy, not only for yourself but for other autistic people. This is one of the ways that you know, the more you know your own autism and what you what you need to deal with your difficult days. Um, when you talk about these things, then people start to become interested, perhaps, or even quote aware and work towards accepting. Um, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where sometimes if you don't tell them, they're not going to know. So, you know, but, you know, and even sometimes when you tell them, they still don't understand. But still, you know, you, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, it's not a foolproof um, method to tell people, but it does help more than just staying quiet. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, we're talking a lot about about sensory overload for those of us for whom it gets too much. But before we, we there's also those who need a lot of stimulation. Um, let's maybe talk about some of their sensory needs, too. If yeah, we, if, we, if we can. Um, can you do that? Absolutely. So I definitely tend a little bit more towards needing a lot of sensory stimulation. Um, particularly when it comes to vestibular and proprioceptive input. So balance, movement, pressure, um, awareness of your body in space. Those are those, are those senses. Um, so I am the kind of person who likes to climb on stuff and hang upside down and spin in circles and go on roller coasters. I love that kind of thing. Um, and I get really, really weird if I don't have that kind of input. Uh, during the first lockdown for the pandemic, um, I mentioned earlier that I do yeah. aerial silks and aerial yeah. silks um, provide a lot of really good sensory input. You get a lot of pressure. You get to hang upside down. You get to spin. You're using your muscles in a very strong way. You're climbing, all sorts of things. Um, my aerial studio was shut down during the first uh, portion of the pandemic and I didn't get to go in and do that for a couple of months. Um, and when it reopened, I was, hesitant to go back because uh, things were still quite quite bad with COVID. Um, and I, I went and did a private lesson with one of my teachers and I came home and my husband said, please go back to aerial classes. You need this. Mm. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, because without it, I was literally trying to climb our house. I was losing my mind. I, my body could not sit still and could not handle the amount of energy that I had. Um, so it's integral. If you are the kind of person who has that craving for sensory stimulus, that you find something you can do regularly and you work it into your everyday life. Um, mm -hmm. whether that is a physical activity or it is sitting and listening to a CD one for an hour each day, or watching something very calming on YouTube, whatever it is. And it might be that you have one or two senses where you need that input and other ones where you are very sensitive. So thinking about which senses do I need which things is gonna be very helpful here. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's, that's so great how you explain that. Um, you know, I also like to give the advice that, um, <clears throat> I think it's a good idea to, um, set aside uh, some time during the week for your sensory uh, safe space day. You have a day when you just set aside for you. Yes. Um, I mean, one of the, among the, there's lots of things that can really contribute to a lot of oh, too much sensory input. And actually one of those can actually be if you've been, if you've, you're overworked and overtired and, um, 
you know, not having enough sleep that that can actually contribute to some sensory problems, um, you know, so we know that 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 can really contribute uh, to things. Um, yeah, I, I want to pause and, and focus on that for a minute. Um, your sensory profile isn't going to stay exactly the same all the time. Right. It is changing constantly based on what you have done that day, how you have treated your body that day, what's emotionally happening with you, all sorts of things. Um, and unsurprisingly, all of the sort of very basic level things that you do to take care of your body make a huge difference in how you respond to sensory input. So have you eaten? Have you had water? Have you slept? Have you moved your body? All of those classic things are gonna make a huge difference in how able you are to tolerate different levels of sensory input. Another thing that is really important to keep in mind is that your meds might also affect it. So a lot of common antidepressants make you more prone to feel heat um, and to get heat stroke. Um, common stimulants, likely to make you sweat a lot. Uh, you know, you're increasing sort of the speed at which your body is, is going. And so you're, you're going to be producing more heat there. So making sure that you take a look at things like side effects of your meds so that you're at least aware of how it's going to be impacting you. And you can start to, um, respond to that, um, can be really important as well as noting, I slept really poorly last night. Maybe I'm going to be more sort of defensive about my sensory needs today. I am, not going to push it. I'm going to take more time for myself. I'm going to be a little bit more gentle with myself. Um, and that isn't, isn't you being lazy or weak or anything like that. That is pure logic. It is saying I have not gotten enough of my needs met here. And so I have to meet them somewhere else. After this final commercial break, I'm going to talk just briefly about how age can have an effect on sensory processing, overload, and meltdown. And then Zephyr's gonna talk about a way that they have found to help them with their sensory processing needs. Followed by today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Please stay tuned. company or organization that works with or wants to work with neurodivergent entrepreneurs? Are you overwhelmed with writing documents and social media copy? Well, look no further than Taz Thoughts LLC, neurodivergent owned and operated writing company. We do the writing so you don't have to. Remember, be kind, keep an open mind, and contact us today at tazthoughts.com so you can hire neurodivergent. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at miccommunity.org.
The Summer of Self-Care series will continue on August 8th when Becca, Lori, Hector, and I will talk about self-care during a crisis. Crises for autistic adults comes from things like not getting hired for a job, getting rejected by someone you were dating or living with. Maybe you got a notice that your support services were canceled. Your pet needs to go to the vet. Maybe you are facing the real threat of homelessness. Another crisis can be when someone you love dies. Autistics face more crises of various kinds and it adds more stress on top of our challenging lives. When people around you try to minimize the impact of those crises on you, it worsens our situation. Becca and I will give more advice on what you can do to take care of yourself in those moments. On August 22nd, Becca and I will talk about self-care during an election year. Election years bring with them a lot of stress to add on to our stressful lives. Newspaper and our blog articles, social media ads, television ads, emails are coming at us one after another with negative messages that bombard our senses. We become so overwhelmed, frustrated, and burned out. Each effort to turn things off leads us to another source that adds more informational overload, like people expressing their opinions when you are already tired. The Summer of Self-Care series will conclude with some helpful ideas of how you can look after yourself during an election year. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Another another point that I think is is important to mention is your sensory needs will most likely change as you age mm -hmm. because your body is going to feel things different, your brain is going to feel and process things differently. I know that I'm processing things differently in my fifties than I did in my forties or in my thirties or in my twenties. You know, um, you know. Um, <clears throat> someday I think I should do a show about that. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, in age plays a big role and our ages, our, our careers, uh, sometimes just our overall uh, family environment sometimes can play a big role in that. And let's just put it this way that relationships, the kinds of relationships you're in can in fact have a lot to do with the sensory inputs or that you either need that you're not getting or you're receiving and they're too much. So, you know, that's why knowing your autism, communicating about it and, and making sure that you let other people know what your needs are and when, and when, so that, you know, they can, you know, sometimes if you, if you let them know that, if you let them know what your sensory needs are, they can actually help you to say, you know, you look like you're, you seem a little bit more stressed than usual. Maybe you need to go and 
rest a little bit, um, giving your the people around you uh, some of that ability, <clears throat> they can help you turn around and take care of yourself when you need to. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a good thing. I, I there was a great example of this recently. Um, I'm incredibly light sensitive. I actually have a birth defect in one eye that means uh, I physically perceive more light than most people. So in addition oh. to my sensory profile, I also have a really weird optic nerve that makes me very light sensitive. Um, but I also wear prescription glasses and executive function. I'm not gonna remember to bring sunglasses with me and switch back and forth. Absolutely no way. Um, I put my glasses on at the beginning of the day and that's it. So I had kind of given up on feeling comfortable being outside when the sun was out. I walk around with one eye closed because it just naturally shuts because it's too overwhelmed. Um, and I was talking about this with my husband. And he said, well, why don't you just get transition lenses? Those are available online for not very expensive. And I said to myself, why don't I do that? This is a brilliant idea. And I don't know why it has never crossed my mind before. Uh, and I bought myself a couple of pairs of transition lenses. It was, I don't know, 40 bucks, something like that. And life-changing. I can drive in the morning without feeling nervous because I can't see as well because it's too bright for me and without hurting my eyes because there's too much light. Um, so sometimes somebody who's on the outside uh, might have an idea that you never thought of because they haven't been as close to it for as long as you have. So getting right. a fresh perspective can be very helpful. Yeah. Well, um, Zephyr, thank you so much for being here today. And we look forward to seeing you in September. Thank you so much. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. All of these events announced with the links can be found at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash bulletin board forward slash. Understanding Autism virtual classes will be offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota. These classes are perfect for autistic individuals, caregivers, those who want to understand the basics of autism and support autistic people. Classes will be held on August 14th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., September 19th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., October 17th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Classes are free of charge, but you must register to attend. Registration is now open to attend the fall virtual classes for the Autism Direct Support Certification at the Autism Society of Minnesota. Classes will be held on September 9th, 13th, 23rd, 30th, and October 7th. Scholarships to attend are available, but you must register to attend. The Autism Society of Minnesota invites you to participate in the 27th Annual Awesome Golf Classic on Monday, August 1st at the Highland National Golf Course in St. Paul, Minnesota. Players and sponsors are needed and invited. Go to AUSM.org for more information about these and other events at the Autism Society of Minnesota. If you have events for autistic adults and our supporters, and would like them announced in today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board on August 8th, please send them to p-k-l-o-w-e 
at todaysautisticmoment.com by 4.30 p.m. on Friday, August 5th. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Looking Forward Life Coaching. Looking Forward turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones towards success. Go to lookingforwardlc.org for more information. I am in the process of planning shows for Season 3 in 2023, during which I will be focusing on the strengths and achievements of autistic adults. Many of us have strengths that have profound potential that help autistic adults to achieve fantastic goals. If you have a topic that you will you think will have a great contribution to talk about the strengths and achievements of autistic adults and or want to be a guest, want your business or organization mentioned or have questions about today's autistic moment, please send an email to PKLOWE at todaysautisticmoment.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. May you have an autistically amazing day.